Hello and welcome to All Things Women's Health. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Stroud. I'm a board-certified obstetrician, gynecologist, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather, I'm a small business owner, I'm a Catholic, I'm a lot of things. But on this moment, I'm your host on All Things Women's Health. On this show, we discuss, you know, all things that relate to women's health. And we always do it openly, transparently, and always from an authentically Christian Catholic perspective. It doesn't really matter from childbirth to infertility from pregnancy loss to menopause or homeschooling to personal trainers. If it involves women and their health, it's on our agenda. So joining me on this episode are two very exceptional women. Uh, I've had the privilege of knowing both of them for quite some time and participating in their pregnancy journeys as well. Uh, Andrea Sereni and Genevieve Stroud. And it's not a coincidence that this guest uh, has the same last name as I do. It's miraculous because somehow <laughs> my oldest son convinced her to marry him. Um, but we could probably do just an episode on that as a standalone topic for another day. Uh, today we're going to talk about birth center birth. Specifically, we're going to talk about birth at the Holy Family Birth Center right here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Both of these women have experienced hospital birth and birth center birth. So our goal is to really do a comparison and a contrast. Now, it's not my goal to bash hospital birth. Um, our practice delivers many, many babies at the hospital, many more than at the birth center. But we do want to compare the differences in those two experiences. So birth is fantastic. It's a great experience sometimes. And sometimes it just isn't. And many women will express being reluctant to really plan the perfect birth for fear that it'll go wrong and they'll just be disappointed. That's how low the bar is, sadly. What makes a great birth experience? What part of that, if it is great, can be planned and what part of it's just really good luck? What makes great great? How do you prepare if you can for great? Is it really safe to think about delivering your baby outside of a hospital? And if we say that it is, what do we base that on? Is there, is there any evidence of that? What if there's an emergency? Isn't that, isn't that the question that most of us would have? And isn't the, the, the most important goal is that we just have a healthy mom and baby? We'll talk about that comment a little bit more and what it means. So these are just some of the things that my guests are going to try to unwrap for us on this episode of All Things Women's Health. So get comfortable as we get to know much more about the birth stories uh, of these women, and we get to know a lot more about birth at the Holy Family Birth Center. We'll be right back with All Things Women's Health. Welcome back to All Things Women's Health. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Stroud. My guest, as you heard in the intro, Andrea Sereni and Genevieve Stroud, better known as Nevi. Um, we're going to talk about all things women's health, about all things birth. So ladies, welcome to All Things Women's Health. Thank you so much Thank for having you. us. Let's start with just sort of a summary, or maybe as we would say in medicine, your obstetrical history. <laughs> sure. So I have two kids. They are three and five and a half months old. Uh, my first was a little girl, Frances, and she was born at DuPont Hospital. Uh, I had an epidural, pretty long first labor, uh, nothing extraordinary, it was good. And then for my second, uh, little Damien, he was born at the Holy Family Birth Center and he was a fast and furious birth. <laughs> and again, everything turned out healthy and well. So uh, right. happy with both experiences there. Excellent. So I'm trying to think, I just did my like medical history for just like a regular doctor. So I'm just trying to think of how exactly they phrase it, right? I'm Andrea and I'm 33 years old. I've had four pregnancies, three live births. We, I've had one miscarriage, uh, all three natural births, all three daughters, mm -hmm. two in the hospital and one at Holy Family Birth Center. Oh, excellent. My most recent one, almost nine months ago. Wow. So that's a lot of experience sitting at the table. Mm -hmm. Mine doesn't count. I haven't had any babies. Um, watched, a, watched a lot of them come, Just but I haven't had any. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, let's think about um, it, what you were thinking as you uh, sort of on the eve of your first labor. So uh, for you, it would have been a hospital birth. Mm -hmm. For both of you, it would have been a hospital yep. birth. What were you sort of thinking 
as things were getting started with your first birth? I was excited, but a little bit nervous. I kept telling myself, this is like my refrain every time I get close to birth. I just think every single person has been born, (laughs) (laughs) which seems so obvious. But when you're about to have a baby, you're like, well, every person who has ever been born, their mom had to do this. And okay, here we go. This this is normal. Convince yourself it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Don't be nervous. Don't need to be scared. Don't need to be nervous. And then the other thing is having been a patient at Fertility Midwifery Care Center, even before the um, birth center existed, you guys really train us for that. You there, it's very encouraging. Mm -hmm. You don't approach pregnancy like a disease, right? You approach it like this normal thing and your body's doing exactly what it's supposed to do and any concern was you know addressed sort of that same story you're telling yourself yeah exactly everybody does this yeah Mm -hmm. i i sort of use that language for myself but i was trained to do that by my care teams yeah telling me you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. This yeah, is so going exactly so like some it's excitement, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit yep. of fear, but nothing too dramatic. Nothing too dramatic. Nevi, no. what about you? That first, that, when you knew you were in labor with the first birth. <laughs> I was lying to myself saying, I, I don't think that's a real contraction. <laughs> I had just gotten off the phone with one of my friends and she asked me, uh, it was the night before my due date. And she said, do you think you're going to go on time? And I thought, uh, maybe hmm. not. And about an hour after I got off the phone with her, I thought mm, these these little cramps I don't think these are Braxton Hicks <laughs> so I was pretty excited and foolishly I learned through my my birth classes I did not sleep at all that night mm-hmm. um, I was up all through the night with contractions not necessarily because it was too intense for me to handle uh, but because I was way too excited about my first baby coming into the right. world and uh, so yeah it was a long night but reminding myself about the same thing that Andrea said, that this is natural. And uh, I think I had looked forward to that moment for yeah. so long that I, knowing it was the eve before and on my due date, which was really fun, uh, that that was really exciting. So uh, filled with a lot of courage and hope. And I had a really normal pregnancy. So there was, yeah, no fear in my not head a, as I was So not a lot of fear, not a lot yeah. of anxiety. Mostly yeah. anticipation. Anticipation. And uh, I think it got a little harder later on through mm, the birth. Sure. Uh, just as I got tired, obviously, from mm-hmm. I had a, One of my <laughs> favorite analogies uh, decades ago, a patient told me when I was asking her sort of this question, she said, it's as though you're standing in line for the biggest roller coaster in the universe. And it's so exciting um, that people could die from the excitement. And I'm not getting out of line, you know. Mm, yep. uh, I, I've always sort of held that in my mind because I'm scared to death of roller coasters. And I can remember <laughs> standing in line thinking, I should just get out of line. This is stupid. It scares me. But something telling you in the birth scenario, I'm staying in line. I'm, I'm not getting out. Yeah. I did have a lot of, like, older people you know, talking about, oh, it hurts so much. Mostly they were telling my husband this. It was like they were telling, it's like they were really trying to get him to like feel bad and like really participate. Like they were like, it's going to be terrible. It's going to hurt so bad. As if he can do anything there. was not actually helping me at all. Yeah. Right. But luckily I, right. Again, my perspective was more colored by my experiences with people providing my health care who were like, it's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You were made for this. Yeah, exactly. But that sort of speaks to culture. uh, Yeah. And culture plays a large part in everything, but in childbirth and and preparing for it formally and informally – your culture makes a big mm-hmm. difference, you know. But we've always said, if you wonder how a mom is going to do with breastfeeding, ask her about her mom and how mm-hmm. she did with breastfeeding because that's often going to dictate the culture yeah. and if it goes well. So let's move on. Uh, you're in labor, your first hospital births. Uh, think back to sort of the environment. What was the environment like? The temperature, the lights, the noise, the food, uh, all of those kind of things paint for us a picture of what that was like as you think back. Mm, triage was weird. I remember I got there early in the morning, so it was March uh, with my daughter, and it was still dark outside, and it was just bizarre being held in a room while I'm laboring, and this was quite uncomfortable, and you're just waiting on someone to come in, uh, and I vomited in triage too so that was extra uncomfortable that's very common Um, listeners yeah and i I hate throwing up so it felt terrible and um but i don't even remember the passage of time at that point my contractions felt pretty intense and i remember the i had gone in just being open-minded to 
uh, natural birth, but knowing that my epidural was kind of my backup plan. I mm. just didn't know how I would feel in the moment, so I didn't want to be hard on myself either way. And I did remember- Did they ask you about that while you were in triage? They did. Um, and I was breathing through. I felt like I was handling things pretty well, and my mom was my support person with me at the time. And she, <laughs> I told my mom, don't touch me, don't touch me. <laughs> so she felt pretty useless. I felt terrible. Um, but I was managing well on my own, and the nurse said, uh, you know, you're five centimeters dilated. Do you want the epidural? And I go, um. no, let me let me just feel it out a little bit longer. I said, let me think about it for a minute mm. and went through a few more. And then she came back and she goes, so are we getting the epidural? Uh. And I so said two times before you even like voiced yeah. any like real opinion on it. Yeah, I had told her, I said, well, my intent was for natural birth, but I hadn't done any like big classes or preparation I'd read a lot I'd watched yeah. a lot of videos but I hadn't done any formal classes on mm -hmm. natural labor um, but I know uh, like you had said through our providers that your body's made for this mm -hmm. and I had learned some coping mechanisms and uh, it just wasn't quite yeah. enough to get me through that exhaustion that I was feeling at mm -hmm. that point uh, so I did opt for the epidural but that that tone mm -hmm. of the of the healthcare professional you yep. know I always liken that to someone that's trying to fast you know mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they say, oh, so you're fasting. There's some brownies in the kitchen. Yes. You know? <laughs> and you think, why did you say that? Why did you just not tell me about the brownies? Because you know I had a goal, mm -hmm. and that might not help me achieve my goal. Yeah, right. she's talking to you like it's just a matter of time. And when mm -hmm. so I'm thinking from my perspective, if I hear someone talk to me like that, I think – well, geez, I might as well just do it right. now. Yeah, it so if it's good. just a matter of time, then yeah. Yeah, I might as well just not waste any more time. So that's about how I felt. Yeah. And um, my parents had jokingly said, "Oh, don't, don't be a martyr. You can get it if you need to." And <laughs> right. they meant it in the most loving way possible because yeah. at that point they really didn't understand my perspective yeah. on natural birth. But so you get to the labor get room, to the room, and what's that environment feel like? Uh, very clinical, bright lights. I had them turn the lights down, and I think we had the TV going for most of the day, especially after the epidural. I ended up sleeping and it honestly felt boring. It was just kind of lame. I'd never been in the hospital before besides <laughs> right. the ER room once. So yeah. uh, just like kind of cold, not mm -hmm. very comfortable. Bed wasn't very comfortable. Uh, just felt like hanging out in a really long time waiting mm. for mm -hmm. the fun part. Uh, yeah. 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 What about yours? The first one? What was that? Yeah. So I actually labored at home for so long. <laughs> was that intentional I, or accidental? Intentionally. Yeah. I had I had read I had really read a lot. Um one of the, what is the natural hospital birth? Is that the name mm -hmm. of the book? That's that right, you guys Cynthia recommend? Gabriel. Yeah, and, she's terrific. Yep, I had read that book and and some blogs and you know all that stuff. I'm I'm really a super nerd and so I was just trying to be very prepared. And um I so one of the things they really encourage you to do if you want to have a natural birth is to stay home as long as you can. You're sure. gonna be more comfortable, you know, less pushy from the nurses, mm. whatever. And uh, so I stayed home as long as I could un until I just I said to my husband, I, I can't do the pain anymore by myself. I, mm -hmm. I need I need someone. One of, I need one of the nurse midwives to tell me what position to stand in or sit in or something, something yeah. to help me get through the, the rest of this. But the good thing is, by the time I got to the hospital, I was already eight and a half centimeters dilated. Now, right. the problem is, it was still another four hours mm -hmm. until my baby was born, and I had already been in labor with regular contractions for 24 hours. Yeah, mm. so fatigue. So mm -hmm. I Emotional was tired. Yeah, I was yeah. really tired. But I was not like I still had that like adrenaline going. Like this is my first baby. This yeah. is really happening. Like we're ready to do this. Um, and I was I was the only person there. There was no other women or no other families laboring um, when I arrived. Yeah. So I got the big room with the big tub, <laughs> and they started filling it right away, you know. Um, but the water was not warm. <laughs> oh, It was, like, lukewarm. It's funny that that mm. sticks in your mind. It's, it, yeah. is, it so sticks in my mind because I really – I love water, which we'll get to with the birth center eventually. But I really love water. I like to be – it's so mm -hmm. relaxing to me. I love a bath. But this water was not relaxing because it was not warm. <laughs> well, yeah. So I stayed in there for like a few – you know, maybe 10 minutes. And then I was just like, this is pointless and right. got out and tried some other things. But that's really what sticks in my mind is that it just – it was fine, and the nurses were encouraging, and everything went smoothly and fine. Mm. Um, and by the time I did start pushing, it was very fast, you know, only a few minutes, really, of pushing. But I— What about uh, lights? What about lighting? It, it, Do it you does, remember? It doesn't really stick out to me. It was, like, not bright, but, you know, it's not like the yeah. lights were off or anything. Mm. I didn't make any requests besides wanting 
to have the tub, and yeah. th- then it ended up not really working out for me. What about um, noise? Do either of you remember anything about noise levels? It was the middle of the night. So my first baby was born at like 320. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't remember any noise. There was nobody. So it's, that doesn't stick out. Yeah, everybody was kind of leaving me alone because that was my vibe. I yeah. just wanted mm-hmm. to focus. So yeah, but what about you, Nevi? Um, I remember just, you know, the beeping of monitors, mm. hearing things, uh-huh. uh, nurses shuffling in and out. People are constantly checking on you. Mm-hmm. I think, I know jokingly, I've said before, the sound of the curtain opening mm. and closing will, will haunt me. The sound <laughs> of the, the rings on the curtain yeah. going back and forth and someone knocking and just welcoming themselves in and saying, mm-hmm. hi, you know, you don't really get the, an like, option to send anyone knock. away. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, but they're coming well, anyway. Yeah. They're right. coming in anyway. But that sort of speaks to privacy and, and privacy is not being behind a curtain because the curtain yeah. can move. Privacy is a, an assurance mm-hmm. that I'm not going to be walked in on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Most people wouldn't choose to, say, go to the restroom with a curtain in the middle of the mall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though you could argue that's private, no one can see. There's more to privacy than just visual blockage. Sure. Yeah, and the reason that matters is because every little interruption is is not letting you focus or relax yep. or whatever it is that like really needs to happen for your body and your mind to like really zone in on having your baby the the one thing that needs to happen every little interruption is like just draws you back a little bit from that precipice of this right. baby is ready right now so something that could be innocent and benign yeah. and unnoticed if you mm-hmm. weren't in labor would be noticed and a distraction if you are in labor. Yeah. yeah, it's funny what your brain can block out and what it will pick up on. And mm-hmm. some of those things like sound, light, temperature are the ones that can pull you away from mm-hmm. the main event. Mm. Uh, and sometimes people's voices, you can just <laughs> silence out in the background. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, if I had to, sorry, no. if, if I had to boil down my hospital births, my two hospital births to one thing that made them different, because like I said, everything was smooth with my hospital births. In fact, before I had my birth center birth, if someone had asked me, how were your hospital births? Sure. I would have said they were great. They were mm-hmm. fine. You know, everyone respected my wishes. Mm-hmm. My babies were healthy. I felt well taken care of. Sure. All of these things. I would have said they were fine. But now, if I had to boil it down to the the biggest difference for me, it was those little things, those little comforts, the little encouragements, the little details mm-hmm. at the birth center helped me focus my mind and my heart and my body on my task, whereas in the hospital, all of those little things, sure. the people, the lights, the sounds, yeah. the lukewarm water, it all <laughs> they're up. all adding up to yeah. pulling me away from focus. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I completely what about agree. a dad question, but um, what about food? Mm. What part did food play in your hospital labor? No part. A sneaky part. <laughs> because there wasn't any? or There wasn't any. I remember Andrea and I have talked before about the goldfish graham yeah. crackers that they have for you to eat. <laughs> and I think I had some apple juice and I had packed kind bars, but I didn't know how long I was going to be there. So yeah. it was silly on my part. I should have had someone order me a burger or something, <laughs> something a little more substantial. Uh, but it felt like you had to sneak your food in there and it just didn't quite satisfy you the right. way you needed, especially during a long labor. Mm-hmm. Like I had labored at home for 10 hours before mm-hmm. uh, I went into the hospital and then for 12 hours once I was there. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was, I was very, so very absent. Hungry. What yeah. about you? Do you remember food well, being I, get, I actually remember them telling me like sort of not not in a nasty way, but this little bit like, well, you're you're one of Dr. Stroud's patients. Oh. You're allowed to eat, kind of thing. <laughs> Do you want something? Yeah. And I was like, sure. But they don't have any snacks there for moms. Oh. They only have snacks for the, there for the dads. Right. So they're just like junk. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there wasn't Chips. anything. No in. offense, dads. Yeah, but, you know. yeah, yeah. So I had like some little cookies, which normally I would like, but when I was in labor, I just was like, oh, I don't want this. Yeah. Like uh-huh. this is not. sustaining me in any way this is just another thing that is just in my space like so it it didn't feel uh helpful (laughs) i think food nutrition and labor is a big deal obviously i mean people will talk about that when they think back of their births Mm -hmm. the scenario that i think that scares us the most as providers is you sort of both alluded to it you're up a few nights maybe Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. labor not labor but not sleep 
mm-hmm. and so you're tired, and then you're emotionally tired after mm-hmm. that. Uh, and then you might be a little nauseous. You mentioned throwing up. Yeah. And so it, the result of that being a few days of no sleep and probably a day of minimal nutrition. Right. And then it starts. Well, now you're already behind the eight ball. Yeah. Right. Uh, and coping is at a minimum, and you know, all of the things that you planned, you can lose track of because, Mm -hmm. you know, you've been tortured in an interrogation almost. (laughs) Um, And so we always try to get past that. But food is a big one. Uh, Nutrition, you know, marathon runners eat the whole race. Mm -hmm. You've got to have nutrition. And uh, that is a problem. Typically in hospital births, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll get to it, I guess, as we talk about birth centers. But from a, from a physician standpoint, the challenge in the hospital setting is normal versus abnormal. Mm. So the hospitals are great at abnormal, right. but they're not great at not treating a normal person abnormal. Mm. And that's an example of that is food. That's mm-hmm. where the food thing comes in. Because if someone is very sick and they're likely to need surgery and anesthesia, they need to have relatively empty stomach for the safety of the anesthesia. Mm -hmm. But that's the mindset. You're sick. You might need surgery as opposed to you're healthy. You're you're just having a baby. If you want a cheeseburger, have at it, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's a completely different mindset. Yeah. Disease-based approach versus the wellness. wellness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's fast forward to your birth center births and, and describe those same things for listeners, you know, lighting, food, comfort, all of those kind of things. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Andrea can attest to this too, that uh, going into the birth center birth, we both already had one, two uh, births under our belts already. So that in itself uh, gives you a lot more confidence Mm. and uh, makes things a little easier. You expect that it's going to go a little bit faster those next times. Uh, For me, it was certainly that way. I knew my high protein breakfast at home, uh, but I had such a great experience with my second birth. So I woke up just before 4 a.m. after getting a decent night's rest for being 40 weeks pregnant (laughs) and (laughs) my son was a a little behind his due date so I was you know woke up and thought oh finally uh my water broke while I was in bed um and I got up and I called Marianne my midwife and we're talking and she you know through all that uh and then a little while later my contractions began so I got to labor at home on my birth ball just in our our office room and so I prayed a rosary in there and listened to some music and just really relaxed Um, And then my husband got up with me and I ate breakfast and uh, eventually we got our toddler up. And as we were making her breakfast is really when labor started to kick in. So Mm. I waited maybe just a bit too long. (laughs) And we joke, I swear, Ian threw the the pan with the egg in it over his shoulder <laughs> as he he heard me just make this sound and I kind of crouched down and uh uh with a contraction and he goes we're going to the birth center right now <laughs> so it was a fun and exciting ride going <laughs> very fast down DuPont uh to get over to the birth center with me crawling from the front seat to the back seat mm. uh laboring and our daughter going mom Mom, stop making those sounds. She she didn't care for it. It wasn't that she was scared. She was purely annoyed with me and thought I was doing it to bug her. Um, So it was fun. But then walking into the birth center was such a different experience. One, their triage is much different. Luckily, uh, you know, being daughter-in-law of the practice, I, uh, I didn't have to triage at all. So I walked straight back to my room that the midwives were preparing for me and the tub was being filled for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I walked I walked in without my shoes on, actually. So I don't know if that would or would not be allowed in the hospital. But everything <laughs> <Probably> not. <laughs> certainly felt more comfortable. And I was able to go straight in the door, straight into the room, uh, had a few contractions at the bed while I had, uh, while I got checked and then um, moved to the tub uh, as soon as the tub was filled. So Mm. that whole process was- Was the water warm? (laughs) Water was warm, it was hot and it was lovely. It Uh felt so good. It immediately (laughs) changed my perspective around Mm. um, an unmedicated labor and birth. Uh, And I was so excited for that tub. That was a big uh, thing that I was looking forward to. uh, So how about those little pinpricks that Andrea described so well at the hospital? Did Did you feel any of that? Did you experience that? Uh, no, it was it was really smooth and it was really seamless. I mean, it was essentially walking into 
a bedroom mm-hmm. and you get to have your baby in the comfort of a bedroom with a really nice bathtub and a really mm. nice shower. Uh, it was completely silent when I walked in. There's no mm. beeping. There's no harsh lighting. Uh, the sun had just come up uh, when I came in. So, you know, there's just a soft light coming through the windows, sure. big windows in the birth center, and everything was built to be comfortable. Um, even yeah. down to the rug, which I was fun. I got to help pick out there, but <laughs> <laughs> it just looked like a living room in a bedroom. Right. It was wonderful. What, would you, what do you think? Environment as you think back to your yeah. birth center? It really, like when I say it's designed to look like a bedroom, I mean like imagine an actual bedroom <laughs> and that is what this is like. Like in the hospital, mm-hmm. they try, they're trying very hard to make it yeah. seem like a bedroom. Yes. Like my second baby, even I, the room we had had a double bed. Um, it was a very big room. They were mm-hmm. trying very hard to make it comfortable, but it is still a hospital room. Mm-hmm. But the birth center rooms, you can see on the website pictures of this, but it really is furnished and yeah. painted and all of that exactly like a bedroom. And then it just has off to the side a gigantic like bathroom area with a mm-hmm. huge amazing tub <laughs> and a huge amazing yes. shower and oh. all these things. Um, I, I was even thinking about like um, my second baby um, and my second hospital birth. I remember ab- above the bed like trying to mask, I guess, the like fluorescent lighting. Oh. They had this like insert that was like a, like a tropical paradise or something. But I was like, this is not relaxing. It's just like, no. it's like faux, it's like this faux, faux attempt. Yeah. 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 It's just like, you're trying too hard at this point, right? But, um, but the bird center, right, is like the opposite of that. It actually feels cozy, almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now but- it's interesting, you, you, neither of you said pretty. Mm. And, you know, I've seen through my career years and years and years, hospital after hospital after hospital, trying to figure out how they make women happier with birth. Mm. Yeah. And someone says, oh, it's women. We'll have pink curtains. <laughs> I don't think that really does That's going to do it for them. <laughs> In fact, we've, um, we've established that yeah. we hate the curtains. Yeah. You cannot curtains make the, the curtains worst. better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it speaks to that idea. It's not about pretty. Uh, I no. like to say, it, it, you know, it's, it's not the flowers. It's the philosophy mm. that yep. changes mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. No, it is an attractive space, but that's not what made you feel the way the two of you are right. describing. Yeah. It was almost the absence of things more than the presence absolutely. of Definitely. things. Definitely. Yes, absolutely true. Yeah. 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 And the ability to have uh, freedom of movement. There's just, mm-hmm. there's more space in the room. Uh, mm-hmm. you're, you feel like you're empowered to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And your care team, your midwife and your nurse mm-hmm. birth tech are there assisting you in that direction mm-hmm. instead of, okay, lay down because I have to check you and mm-hmm. I have this whole list of things that needs to be done. Yeah. And, and then we can work on having your baby. It was, <laughs> you come in and they go, Hi, how can we help you have your baby? <laughs> totally different mindsets yeah. around well, it. Well, actually, speaking of, like, you sort of started listing, like, these are all the people who are there to be involved if you need them. I mm. think it's, yes. like, such an important aspect of the w- the approach at the birth center because I remember when I got there being, like, kind of surprised by how many people were there because oh, yeah. it was the middle of the night again. Yeah. So my first baby was middle of the night, second baby, middle of the day, third baby were middle of the night again. In fact, I felt a little bit guilty, like, calling, and I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I really do think I need to come, though. So so it's middle of the night again, and I was ex- sort of expected minimal crew, but, it, you know, I actually had two midwives there because mm-hmm. we had, like, um, someone to assist, and then, you know, birth tech and a nurse, and, you know, all of this happening. But... They were only there when I needed them. In fact, the like the bulk of my labor at the birth center, which was only about an hour and 15 minutes, was all just me and my husband. Mm. And it was so wonderful. (laughs) It was amazing. We walked around just a little bit, just the two of us, like going up the stairs and stuff like that. But then I was like, please break my water. I said, (laughs) I said, "Um, so why? I've never had my water break by itself. (laughs) And I said, but but I. Even I had gone to the um, to my appointment that day. I was already like almost six centimeters. So uh, they were like, "You're gonna once this kicks in, you're gonna be doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is happening." You're thinking, um, "Kick in, then I'm ready." Yeah, to go. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna do whatever it takes. But I remember asking Becca, um, the one of the midwives, "So why wouldn't I have you break my water?" And she was like, "Well, for some people, it's because 
then it's going to hurt. Yeah. Mm. For some people, they just don't want to do any intervention. And I was like, neither of those things apply to me. Let's do Let's this. Go. <laughs> Let's do this right now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. Um, but then we ended up in the shower and this very wonderful hot water, exactly mm. what I was looking for. There's like one, not like head, you know, that can was on my back. And then my husband could hold the mm. like shower nozzle and spray it on my, on my belly. And I was sitting on the birth ball. And which it's just... I was like so in the zone, just yep. the two of us. It was dark. Nobody came in to bother me. I, in fact, it must have been fast. It didn't seem fast to me because I was like so in the zone. But I never <laughs> even had someone come in and check like heartbeat or anything. So it must have been pretty fast. But so much in the zone that it was just me and my husband chit-chatting, mm-hmm. laughing even. And uh, like we were literally like he was like joking with me right as I was like, I think I, I think I feel the need to push, which if you had told me right before yeah. this experience, you might be laughing, right? Like in the very throes of your labor, the very yeah. throes of it, I would have been like, that's impossible. But it was possible because I was comfortable and felt secure and safe. And like I was with exactly the person I needed to be with. Sure. Nobody else was involved who didn't seem like the, like the right thing. Yeah. Um, Everything about the environment was exactly what I needed to be totally focused. Like I said, mind, body, spirit, all focused on the one task at hand. Yeah. Yep. And then it was so much easier, and it went so much faster. It was. <laughs> I remember. So I want to. I, I okay. interrupt you. I want to throw a curveball to you, you ladies. There are women who've never had a baby, and there might even be men in their lives listening. Try to explain in 500 words or less <laughs> what a contraction mm. actually feels like. Oh, my goodness. It's it's hard to describe. Uh, for women, you could relate it to a period cramp, but imagine it involves your whole abdomen. Mm-hmm. So I just, <laughs> and your back, probably. And your back, yeah. yeah. <laughs> With my first labor, it was my back, <laughs> yeah. too. Uh, but it feels so tight. Like, you know your, how your belly feels. It's a little soft. And then with a contraction, you feel everything let come together mm-hmm. uh so there's pain there but it's it's purposeful pain mm-hmm. i actually think the contractions were never the worst part for me it was that urge to push because it's mm. such a great pressure with each contraction mm. that is where i started to feel not it's hard to even call it pain but pain with a purpose i'll call it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah what do you think Andrea? explain yeah yeah i one of the other things is that it, it sort of builds. Like mm-hmm. you can, you know, it's about to happen before <laughs> it happens, and then it, right, it begins, and you like want to like steel yourself against it a little yep. bit because you know it's going to hurt and you know it's going to last like a minute or whatever. But the what you, you actually have to do is not steel yourself against it and let it because <laughs> what it's doing is working. Yeah. Yes. Like, and that's what you have to like remember in your brain is like this is not my body react. It's not the same thing as like somebody punched me on my arm yeah. and right. my body is stealing itself against that like aggression. Mm. What my body is doing right now is working very hard to accomplish a hard task. Yeah. Yes. It sounds silly, but we often say in the birth center seminar, birth center pain is not like non-birth center pain. Right. Yep. Because pain is such a bizarre thing Mm -hmm. you can't really describe it because if you could describe it well the other person would feel it Mm -hmm. yeah so you're you're trying to use analogies but uh i think the big difference is traumatic pain versus you guys said pain with a purpose yeah Yeah. this isn't traumatic pain no um not to take away from the intensity but it's not the same as shutting your hand in the car door Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. which is traumatic but then the other big difference is the fear factor, mm-hmm. right. I think. Mm-hmm. Pain if you're afraid is different mm-hmm. than pain if yeah. you're not afraid. And you can be afraid mm-hmm. when you're having a baby. And I Definitely. think that's a lot of people's experience, in fact. Yeah. Um, but that's going to make it harder. It Your does. body's response to that fear naturally kind of closes you up and makes mm-hmm. you want to pull in. Uh, but your perception is so important in what you sense as pain and what you can call just a sensation. So I remember in my birth classes, that was one of the biggest things is, okay, how do I go through this for so long? This is a long time to be feeling this discomfort. And just by calling it discomfort, it helps change your perspective from this is hard and terrible to we're going to just move through this and it's going to be fine. It's going to be something great at the end. Um, And I remember hitting a kind of a wall we'll call it that uh Mm -hmm. during my second labor and um the midwives 
ca- caught on to it. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't even, I swear it was just a split moment. And Marianne looked at me and she goes, you're all up in your face, bring it back down. And I go, oh, that was like the perfect example of someone <laughs> stepping in at just the right time. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, oh, okay. And I just leaned into it a little bit more. And mm-hmm. then I think uh, we changed positions and my son was born in the next two contractions after that. Now you mentioned an important word and it was classes. So mm-hmm. let's segue to education, which mm-hmm. I love to say is the greatest anecdote for fear. If, if fear is the greatest enemy of natural birth, the greatest anecdote to that enemy is education. Yeah. So um, there's educational requirements for the birth center. So talk about that. You had a lot of experience, Andrea, mm-hmm. before your birth center birth. So what educational thing did you have to do? So there's a seminar where with you and with right. Marianne, which is kind of informational right. for the most part. Just a lot right? of data. It's, yeah. it's for mm-hmm. husbands, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. In-laws right? and husbands. Yeah, yeah. right? It's, it's safety, it's cost, it's yeah. here's here's what we're offering, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's like a sales pitch a little bit, yeah. you know. Um, you do a great job, but that's, <laughs> but that's what it is, you know. And then, and then there's a second seminar that is education about the birth process mm-hmm. a little bit more. Yeah. And and even though this was my third baby, I really found that to be really helpful. Um, like it made me feel very prepared when mm. we arrived and I, I didn't have to think about any of the extra stuff. Like I had this packet, I knew exactly what to pack, I knew exactly what kind of food to bring with right. me, mm-hmm. I knew exactly what I was gonna expect and I didn't need to spend any of my mental energy on any of those things because I knew all the things that were going to happen and all the th- things that everyone else was prepared to do for me yep. and all I needed to do was have a baby. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So what you didn't have natural birth right. in your history. You had an epidural birth as your first. So you had to do the most of that's available. So talk about your yeah. education. So I got a little extra set of classes, which was so wonderful. And I really, I think back on my first birth. And I think if I had taken these classes before my first uh, birth, it would have gone a lot things. differently. So it taught me, I took Birth Matters with uh, Hallie Greider, and she talked about uh, advocating for yourself. She talked about uh, different positions you can try. So we all practice these, and you get that a little bit, and Mm -hmm. just the hospital-led birth class. Uh, But what was so incredible about this was we spent a whole day talking about the anatomy of birth, and Mm. every single step your body takes uh, as you're moving through the stages of labor, uh, the different waves of a contraction and all of these beautiful things that God designs to help us bring these babies into the world. And I, it was mind blowing. That's Uh, knowledge overtaking fear. Oh yeah. And I am a lifelong student and so is my husband. And we were both just floored by this information. And during my birth, I can remember, you know, not actively thinking about those things, but connecting with that information mm-hmm. that I picked up and thinking, oh, here, here's where I am. And, you know, it gives you a greater sense of where you are in your birth and you feel so in control after mm-hmm. learning all of that. Uh, it gives you so much purpose and so much autonomy uh, to say, oh, my body's doing the right thing. I remember learning yeah. about this. Mm-hmm. So you both had a lot of education. You just got it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and then you needed the practical because you already had mm-hmm. the, the birth experience mm-hmm. you you didn't have to doubt whether you could do a natural birth right you had to doubt a little bit could it be done at the birth center mm-hmm. uh, but you had nothing to to fall back on other right. than getting an epidural right um, but that's how you know about 50 percent of the births at holy family are first-time moms mm-hmm. and uh, we're pushing up on birth 500 pretty quickly uh, and we've never had someone transferred to the hospital because they said Oh, this was a horrible idea. I want to mm. get an epidural. Yeah. Which doesn't really make sense, especially since half the moms are first-time moms mm-hmm. that don't have the ex- you know the experience that both of you had of, right. of at least wondering could a child come out of my body and, <laughs> right. and both of us live? We've all thought People it. keep right. telling yeah. me that this is possible. Yeah. Yeah. But, but really there work? had to be some disbelief there. Yeah, sure. Um, but that is amazing. But I think it, what it really speaks to is uh, Hallie Greider's gift at mm-hmm. Birth Matters oh, yeah. uh, of, you know, lack of fear through empowerment, through actual education, yeah. not just data, not Google, Mm-mm. but actual education. She mm-hmm. is a professional educator and and she's really a phenomenal resource. She is. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, as you think about it, what what would you say was 
the greatest obstacle, if there were obstacles, to deciding to go to the birth center? My husband's first questions were about cost. <laughs> but Okay, it's not easy being a husband. Right, yeah. This but, is how we think. But Well, to his credit, the first thing he said, okay, well, I want to see if it's going to, how much more it's going to cost or less or whatever. And then he said, if, if it's what you want to do, the cost doesn't matter, but I'm going to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first question. But then he also, he did ask some questions. I remember during the... Um, the first meeting with you and Marianne about safety. He wanted right. had some things he wanted to double check, but then he was satisfied. He right. was satisfied that all the safety concerns could be addressed. He was satisfied that the hospital was right across the street, which sure. for me, really, mm -hmm. that is like almost the deciding that factor nice. is that I was like, well, the hospital is two minutes away, right? right? If something goes wrong, first of all, I have an inherent high trust of nurses because yeah. my mom is a nurse, my sister is a nurse. <laughs> I know nurses can do a lot of things very yeah. well. So I'm like, okay, the, most most likely they can take care of my baby anyway. Mm -hmm. And if they can't, they can take care of my baby while we drive across the street. Right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. We husbands, you know, we're wired to kill the bear. Yeah. And that's safety, mm -hmm. cost. Those mm -hmm. are the two big bears mm -hmm. that we generally think we need to take care of. What do you think? What are the greatest obstacles? Or did you perceive any obstacles? Uh, for me, there didn't seem to be many obstacles. I had known the birth center was opening, and I think it opened about a month after my daughter was born. So mm. I was really <laughs> sad that she <laughs> wasn't due a month later so that I could have made it in there for my first. But I think my heart was set, set on birth center. I had actually thought about home birth before, mm -hmm. uh, but again, the hospital being so close to the birth center, that was a huge selling point for me. Um, but that's a safety topic. Safety topic, yeah. yeah. Uh, knowing that there are crash carts in the rooms helped sure. assuage that fear of, because uh, for my youngest brother, he had uh, swallowed meconium mm -hmm. before he was born. And so my mom said, oh, we needed that respiratory team right there. And I remember her saying, well, what are they going to do if X, yeah. Y, and Z happens? She's mm -hmm. a woman who is, sh she thinks of everything. And she was throwing all these questions at me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that that is a good question. And <laughs> then I just went and I could talk to you or Marianne or even go to the seminars and Get I got answers. answers. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. to know that, oh, it, this truly is safe. So I think safety was the biggest concern. But beyond that, it was just. I think a yeah, lot of women encounter that. You, you know, you'll say, um, we've decided to have our baby at the birth center. And mm -hmm. you'll get some version of, you know, you, you seem like a normal person. Why would you put your own life and your baby's <laughs> life at risk? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you think, well, I wouldn't, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. but it can be off-putting and, and mm -hmm. really cause you some anxiety. But that's the reality. What sane person would do that? Mm -hmm. And the answer is nobody. I mean, the birth center is very, very safe. And that's not just our birth center. That's any birth center, yes. particularly an accredited birth center like Holy Family. Yes. But that's just not my, you know, wacky guy's opinion. There's actually yeah. a lot of great data, a huge study published um, looking at over 11,000 births in the New England Journal of Medicine years and years ago, one of the oldest, most prestigious medical journals mm -hmm. around, and, and looked at safety and compared birth center birth to hospital birth with case-matched mm -hmm. controls yeah. um, and found that complications were lower in the birth center, C-section rates were lower in the hospital. Most women, if they got to the birth center, like mm -hmm. both of you did, mm -hmm. and were laboring, they would finish there. Yeah. And then the other thing that's tough, particularly for medical people to hear, is you know, they'll, they'll think immediately, well, what about, and they're remembering that case, yeah. that 400-pound woman with insulin-dependent diabetes who's being induced and she has an epidural. Mm -hmm. I remember something bad happened to her. Yeah. But they don't realize that woman wouldn't be allowed at the birth center. Yeah, right. You know, birth center birth is for a very strict set of criteria that, that really all spells healthy and wellness. Mm -hmm. I guess that brings up a good point. That was probably my greatest fear going into it was nothing about the birth center itself. It was that, oh man, I, I want to stay healthy so I don't <laughs> risk out. That's that's the term that they yeah. use is risking out. And I thought, okay, so I need to make sure I'm taking care of myself. And you know, there's only so much you can do but because it's very things <laughs> arise. But it, for what I could control, it was totally motivating to keep those things under control. You know, I had totally normal pregnancies for all three of my live birth pregnancies. Uh, but for my second two, 
both of them ended up with uh, crisis is the wrong word, but complications mm. probably is, is the sure. right one. Uh, with my second daughter, so in the hospital, we had the, I had them break my water again. Why can't my water just break on its own? <laughs> I don't understand this body. God, hello. Uh, uh. Anyway, maybe next time. Um, so they break my water and they see that there's some meconium. Yeah. And so the thing that the hospital does is prepare for the absolute worst thing that could happen, which was fine with me. Sure. My mom was a NICU nurse before she retired. <laughs> I understand that this is just what they do. Yeah. Um, but then, <laughs> so what they do if there's meconium, if they know that there's been meconium, is they have NICU nurses there for the birth just in case they need to start working on the baby right away. And they bring in this enormous table with instruments <laughs> and this gigantic orange tackle box that has who even knows what else could possibly be needed, but stuff, stuff mm-hmm. just in case. I remember Marianne being like, can you just keep that in the hall, please? <laughs> Which wasn't making me nervous, but I could see why it would make some people nervous, right? Yeah. I, like I said, I'm used to the medical well, stuff of mine. Because that sets off all of our oh, safety. yeah, right, yeah. Sets our safety yeah. bells off, yeah. So uh, anyway, so that's how my potential complication was treated in the um, hospital. And as it ended up, my baby was completely fine. Mm. Absolutely no problems. In fact, she was born too fast and the nurses hadn't even come yet. The NICU (laughs) nurses weren't even there. Poor Marianne only had one glove on. It was just a whole situation. Um, Anyway, she was fine. Well, then in in the birth center, I had gotten in the water and everything's going fine. But she just was a little stuck. My, yeah. my last baby, her head came out, but that was it. Yeah. And then I just could not get the rest of her to move at all. Yeah, you're describing a shoulder dystocia as, we, yeah. as you, as you so, see it. So all I'm experiencing, though, is I'm in this amazing, but very <laughs> deep bathtub. And the problem with it being deep is that I had to get out. Yeah. So all of a sudden I hear Becca, this little tiny nurse midwife, who I love, <laughs> say she needs to get out. And I am like, I remember just this little voice in the back of my head being like, how? <laughs> how do I get out? <laughs> right? There's a baby hanging out of me. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> but I didn't need to because that's why there were so many people there. That's right. Everyone just got me out. And yeah. then all of a sudden, I'm laying on the ground outside of this tub <laughs> with a nurse's knee under my head and a pillow. And... Becca is kneeling in front of me. She just pulls the baby out. Then the cord is wrapped around. I like have this like, I remember like registering all of these things. Like, oh, the cord is wrapped around. Oh, the baby was stuck. And then I hear, and then I feel this big gush of blood. So now I'm laying on the ground in a pool of my own blood. (laughs) And I hear Becca say, okay, there's some blood. We need some pictocin. Right, all of the things that, you are supposed to be nervous about yeah. are happening, right? The baby's cord is wrapped around the head, around her neck. She had gotten stuck. I'm hemorrhage. I'm having a mild hemorrhage. I'm like on the floor. This is not the plan yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. But I never felt unsafe because it wow. always felt like everybody here knows what they're doing. Huh. Everybody here's goal is for my baby to be safe and for me to be safe. Mm. And I knew that I was in the hospital. I hoped that I was, but the way that everyone was acting was that it might not be. I might not be safe. Mm. The baby might not be safe. But everyone at the birth center was, we are making this safe. Mm -hmm. And that might seem like pedantic, but for me in those those moments, Mm -hmm. the reason I never felt nervous, even though things were going wrong, was that I, I knew that I could trust the people who are taking care of me. That's interesting. Yeah, it, it's a glass half full, half empty phenomenon almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, too many of our colleagues look at birth um, and when the baby comes out, they will think literally or figuratively, wow, another emergency averted. We got mm. away with it again, <laughs> you know, Yeah. as opposed to assuming until there's data that says otherwise everything is normal. Sure. If you're doing something in your labor or your baby's doing something that tells me it's not normal, well, then I'll travel down the not normal path mm-hmm. um, like some of your immediate post-birth complications. Yeah. But if and until that happens, I'm not going to intervene because why would I? But that's two radically different ways Mm -hmm. at looking at birth. That's not how you would look at 
gallbladder disease or breast cancer mm -hmm. or some medical problem. Mm -hmm. That's not how it's treated. But birth is different. That's mm -hmm. a problem. Yeah. You um, reminded me of a phrase that we hear a lot, and it's, you know, my baby was okay, and after all, that's all we want, right? Mm. Um, and I think about that, that phrase um, where a provider of some type in a hospital setting when maybe they're delivering news that we have to bring this big card in. Mm. But uh, but remember, it's all we care about is that we have a healthy mom and a healthy baby. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've tried to think, why does that sound so nails on a chalkboard? Mm. But it does, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I think it's because it's discounting all of the other feelings that you're having. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of suggesting that that wasn't on your list, mm -hmm. which is pretty insulting. Yeah, um, right. Because who doesn't want to be healthy and have a healthy baby? Mm -hmm. But to say that's all we care about is to say all those other feelings you're having, all that stuff, you know, I'm really discounting that. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. I yeah. What, what it really emphasized for me after the fact, like upon reflection, was how grateful I am to have a team of healthcare providers mm. with Fertility Removal Free Care Center and with the Birth Center of people who I just ab trust absolutely. And I know so many women who are like, I go, to, I go to my women's healthcare provider yeah. because they're the ones who are on the list. Yeah. But I don't feel comfortable with them. I don't know mm. if I can ask them all the questions I need to ask or they were dismissive of some of the questions I had or they don't make me feel like I right. can do this or know what I'm doing or they make me feel That's nervous trust. or whatever. Everything you're saying and is really I about think, trust. Wow, yeah. that must make it so much harder for you to do this yeah. mm. if you don't have that feeling because I never go into my births like that. Mm. Yeah. That I, I agree. That was one thing that I appreciate about FMCC. And I know for some people, this seemed like a turnoff. But uh, if you're going hospital birth, you meet um, some of the midwives and you interchange with the midwives and the doctors. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as you're on the birth center track, uh, you see only midwives. Yeah. So mm -hmm. then you're having all these appointments and you're getting comfortable and getting to know each woman in the office. Mm -hmm. And so no matter who shows up to your birth, you've established a, some relationship with her mm -hmm. and uh, you see that familiar face and that helps bring just so much more peace yeah. into the setting. And you think, oh, okay, I've like, I know who you are. It's not just like a hospitalist showing up to and you catch the baby. Yeah, yeah and know they know you. you. you know they know what you want. Yeah, it's you often said that plan. trust takes repeatable behavior over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it takes both of those things, repeat, and it takes time. Yep. Um, and that's I think that's what you're describing. Exactly. Is that I need to see you, but I don't just need to see you once. I need to see you a few times. A few times. Mm -hmm. And when I'm in a different mood, you're in a different mood. Yep. Um, and, and that that develops trust that you're a normal person you think like I think mm -hmm. we have similar values mm -hmm. um, I don't have to say and remind you that you want a healthy baby because that's so obvious mm -hmm. I'm not going to insult you with that um, yeah that's really pretty interesting well, let me let me interrupt and pretend to be the host for a second because I don't want it to sound like the birth center is only the only thing you can achieve at the birth center is just not um, having an unsafe birth, right? Like, like my my birth center experience was a little bit wild in yeah. the end. It was great from you know the first part, and then a little bit wild and chaotic, and mm -hmm. then amazing after that. But I know a little bit about Nevi's story, and her story is not. Uh, we made it through, and and I felt safe. <laughs> and nobody her died, story yeah. is amazing. So I want I want Nevi to be able to tell the part where she had her baby. Oh, at the birth center. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this was it was beautiful, uh, as as all births are, but especially so because the environment was structured around um, my husband and I being able to choose how we wanted to bring our baby into the world. Mm. Uh, it was completely silent. I had made my playlist. I thought that I was going to use it. I didn't. Um, I had about. Uh, 45 minutes from the time I walked in the doors barefoot <laughs> until uh, I, I held my son in my arms. But uh, we were able to hold hands with each other and just get into the perfect position laboring on the bed. And then as soon as the tub was ready, that's where I was until my son was born. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think Andrea's remembering what I had told her about uh, – I birthed my son's head and my husband we have a picture of his wonderful expression as he saw this happening which was <laughs> just a total goofball face uh and i'm holding my baby's head and then i push out his shoulders with the next contraction and marion and i together bring him up out of the water and i could hear his first breath 
And I don't remember. I think he gave a little squeak. He didn't cry much, but I heard that first breath and I was able to hold him right up to my chest Mm. um, and just rest there for a moment. Uh, Just the three of us, uh, me and my son and my husband behind me, fully supporting me, uh, feeling his hands under my shoulders. And it was it was so incredible uh, to really be connected the the three of us uh and yeah it was it was just incredible i just don't think i would have been able to achieve that anywhere else Feels like we should you know pause for all the listeners who are crying to sort, of, <laughs> sort of catch their catch their yeah. breath a little I bit i know i like have chilled my yeah. face is starting to get sore yeah. from like my big huge <laughs> smile but yeah. you don't have to be a birth junkie to appreciate uh, the beauty of a birth. Right. And, and I'll be honest, they're not all as beautiful as some. Mm-hmm. They, they all have elements of beauty, but, but sometimes th- they really are remarkable. Yeah. And it's, it's the, you said the three of us, which really mm-hmm. sort of triggered that idea for me. But, you know, once in a while, it, it's almost like the Trinity in a way. I mean, there's yeah. this man and there's this woman because you have to be one of those and it takes mm-hmm. one of each <laughs> to make a baby. Um, and we're still PG listeners, so don't don't panic. But, but, you know, they come together and they love each other so much. A third entity is created yeah. uh, and you get to name it and you get to hear its first breath. Yeah. Um, if, if, the, if the environment and the trust level and the professionalism allows people to feel mm-hmm. that it is a it's a better deal it's a mm-hmm. better birth it was truly holy is how i would call it it mm. was a spiritual experience and that's not to say you you can have that in the hospital Absolutely. and my first birth was beautiful in its own right mm-hmm. but there's there's a difference i don't know quite how to put my finger on it um there's there's a difference. You can still have that holiness and that beauty in the hospital setting, but something about a deeper sense of peace, mm-hmm. uh, I think probably because of the, the comfort. Yeah, the almost center. maybe almost a sense of mission. Yeah. And there's just no going back once you've experienced <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. that. I, I would be m- more than happy and trust my team if I had a need to go back to the hospital. Mm-hmm. But now that I've done a natural birth at the birth center once, oh, it's... L- I mean, it's like crack mm-hmm. um, <laughs> to, put it, to put it in the most unholy way. Yeah. It's like, oh, I remember right after I had my son, I thought, oh, I could do that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so wonderful. I could do it again, which I, makes me sound like yeah. a nut. No, but seriously, yeah. I i mean, it's like I said, I, if you had told me you would be joking around right before you had your baby, I would have right. been like, you're insane. That's not real. People are lying when they say that. But that really happened. Yeah. Right? But it's so beautiful to hear both of you describe that because um, it, if you've been to our seminar, you know, but there's no good Hollywood image to turn to. Birth mm. is always turned into a fiasco. Right. <laughs> there's a couple of common Hollywood birth things. The woman is always screaming. Mm-hmm. She's always out of control. It's always extremely clinical and the medical. The husband is, always has no idea the what he's doing. Yeah, no place. Yeah. He's not involved at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a great video that we play that mm-hmm. to, just to try to displace that Hollywood image that is so bad because you don't want to walk around with that video playing in your head. No. Um, but there's not a lot of great videos. There's a movie that I love that we as a family watch every Christmas called The Nativity. Mm-hmm. It's an HBO movie, and it's Elizabeth giving birth to John the Baptist. Mm. And you don't see anything clinical, but it, it's a very well-portrayed natural birth. Mm. She's actually hanging from a rope that has knots tied in it and she's mm. holding on to the knots mm. sort of like our hanging say, rebozos they have those at the yeah. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. it's not a rope it's a little softer <laughs> than a rope uh, but it's a very beautiful natural birth so if you want a, a good Hollywood birth look up that movie mm. The Nativity um, but that is the trouble imagery is really important you have yeah. to have a goal and you have to know what it could look like mm-hmm. I oh, think yeah. you would have a better hospital birth if you did a great birth center birth first, mm. oh yeah, you would mm-hmm. demand it. But the trouble mm-hmm. is, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, but yeah. if you were in a place where you needed to, you're gonna love your hospital birth even more because yeah. you know what to ask for. Because mm-hmm. it's like this is good, but the birth center was yeah. even better, and mm-hmm. so you get to up your. Um, and that's where yeah, professional instruction, you know, with Birth Matters oh, yeah. and Hallie or something like that, because it, it lets you know what's on the menu. You can't order something mm-hmm. if you don't even know what's on the menu. Exactly. Now, a problem that we sometimes run into, um, and it goes back to your comments on trust, mm-hmm. is we're taking care of someone in the hospital and things are not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, if you didn't 
trust your team, when they said get out of the tub, you would say, but I wanted a water birth. Yeah, mm-hmm. or I might start yeah. feeling panicked, and yeah. then my, and then my body starts working against, yeah. right, like what I need right. to do, or, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. We'll yeah. make a recommendation based on something that's going wrong mm-hmm. and find ourselves at odds with the patient. Mm-hmm. It's not usually our patient. It's usually someone that's come into the practice, maybe mm-hmm. from an outlying area. But that's where you run in face-to-face. We don't have trust. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. If, if you were a birth center patient and you trusted me, you would have it wouldn't have been a big deal right. because we have that we have yeah. that rapport you know i wouldn't ask you to do this if i didn't if think it, wasn't it was something. the right thing yeah. Yeah. yeah that's again the perception that changes mm-hmm. yeah everything around right. your labor and your birth yeah so everybody knows now that you guys are both birth junkies and experts <laughs> <Yep>. but, um, <laughs> yeah fair to admit that <laughs> what do you what do you think's the, the greatest takeaway from your birth experience i think the way i would sell um just birth in general to people, but really the the birth center and the the practice, FMCC and the birth center sort of in combination is that you can go into your pregnancy, your whole pregnancy, which can be hard. <laughs> it say. is hard. Sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Sometimes it's very hard. It's always a little hard. You can go through your whole pregnancy and your preparation for your birth and your birth feeling empowered, mm. feeling like, I believe I can do this because all of these people who I talk to at my mm. appointments, from the person who's checking me in to the person who's doing my, you know, ultrasound to the doctors and the midwives and mm. the nurses and the person who's taking my blood for my blood tests and whatever, all of these people believe I can do this. Yeah. All of these people, the whole entire practice is set up around the idea, not that. We have to get this baby out of this person after 40 weeks and hopefully nothing goes wrong before then. (laughs) The whole practice is set up around the idea that this process is amazing. Mm. God designed this person's body to grow a human from scratch. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's crazy. It's crazy that my body has grown three humans from nothing. From scratch. Like what? That's amazing. But I'm not just in awe of that. When I go to my appointments, Everyone is in awe of that. Yeah, it never gets old. Yeah, the whole practice is set up around the idea that this whole process is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You were made to do this, and we are going to help you do it in the most empowering way possible. Yes. And that is, has been my experience with all three of my births, but none so much as my amazing, wonderful birth center birth. Even in all of the chaos, just the most wonderful experience oh. of yes. feeling like I was born to do this and not just that, but I'm gonna do it in the most powerful, empowering way possible. Wow. Yeah. I mean, truly birth as it was intended. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, just respect for the feminine genius and respect for the whole family, whether you want it to be just you and your husband there as you're birthing your baby, uh, along with the team, of course, or if you want to have your four sisters and your mom and your mother-in-law <laughs> uh, from the smallest group to the largest group, the accommodations can be made and you just have the beauty and the support of your team to know uh that they trust that you know what you need to do and they're going to help you see that vision through. Uh, Yeah, I mean, just a holy, beautiful Mm. birth the way God wanted you to have it. Wow. Now you make me want to go have a baby. (laughs) So if, if if a young woman with her first baby is maybe just on the fence and considering or maybe she's having a little trouble convincing her husband, what advice would you would you give her? Go to the seminar. Yep. Definitely. Watch the video. See if you can make it through without crying. See if your husband can make it through without crying. <laughs> it's doubtful. But I, but really, your questions will be answered, mm. right? Yep. And I, it's hard for me to imagine not feeling comfortable after that. But even if you're not, hopefully you've built up enough you know, rapport with the team by that point that you – can ask all the rest of your questions, right? And feel like, Mm -hmm. okay, now I understand how this all is going to work for for the best outcomes possible for my empowerment, my happiness, and my health, Mm. you know, all together. What are you gonna tell her, Nevi? I agree. Uh, Go to the birth center seminar and go early 
uh, don't wait till the end because uh, you'll think of more questions that you get to ask during your appointments. And then uh, no matter where you're planning on giving birth, do the Birth Matters courses. So uh. so worth it um, because if you decide that birth center is for you, you're in a great place. If you end up uh, wanting the hospital or needing the hospital, uh, you're going to end up in a great place. Wow. But, now, yeah. I think that's an important point that we should probably should not skip over before we finish, and that is – I would go so far to say if if either of you or of women like you two started off in a birth center plan and then something happened and you had to shift to the hospital, sure. I would be willing to bet you'd have an excellent hospital birth mm-hmm. because of your expectations. I yep. mean, you, you would demand that. That doesn't mean you're demanding, but you would expect that. Mm-hmm. You probably would have no trouble articulating that's too noisy, the water's cold, Mm -hmm. Uh, I want you to leave me and my husband alone for a few Mm -hmm. minutes, you wouldn't have any trouble getting that out. So we're not for a moment saying the only way you can have a great birth is to have it in our birth center or somebody else's birth center. I would go so far as to say the only way you're going to have a great birth is if you invest a lot of time and energy and getting Mm -hmm. prepared, getting empowered, and getting rid of fear. Yeah, don't expect that you're going to be able to do it uh, the knowledge gives you the mm. power to do it. You've got it within you, but y- you gotta you gotta get the knowledge to tap into it mm-hmm. for sure. Well, I'm absolutely certain that listeners have enjoyed um, you two talking through your birth journeys. I hope you're working on your book. You should be. <laughs> um, but but most of all, I hope listeners that you've taken uh, from this discussion. For many, many women and families, birth center is an option. It is not an option for everybody for a list of reasons, but you have to try to figure that out. If you want to learn more about the birth center, check out the website. It's fortwaynebirthcenter.com. You can check out video tours and some great stories and, if nothing else, some really amazing baby pictures. Um, And I hope you've enjoyed the episode, and I hope you'll share this information with with friends and with family. If you have a certain topic that you'd like to hear me discuss, uh, drop me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, The best way probably to reach me is Dr. Stroud. That's D-R-S-T-R-O-U-D at fertilityandbenwifery.com. And as I said, I'd love to hear from you. So thanks for joining me, Andrea and Nevi. Thanks for sharing your lives and your evening and your stories with us. Uh, And you've been listening to All Things Women's Health. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Stroud.